This podcast is sponsored by Vicon, the Academy Award-winning developer of motion capture products and services for the life sciences, entertainment, and engineering industries. Vicon provides cutting-edge hardware and software with industry-leading accuracy. Shogun, Vicon's visual effects software developed specifically for the VFX community, captures performances effortlessly in real time and delivers robust, accurate, reliable data. Find out more at www.vicon.com. Hi, my name is Victoria Atkin, and this is the Performance Capture Podcast. Today, I have somebody very unique on the podcast. She's a wonderful woman who um, works in a very specific area of performance capture. I'm going to let her introduce herself, where she grew up, and what is your professional title? Uh, hi, hello. My name is Mara Lavar. Uh, I grew up in Bellevue, Washington, which is a suburb of Seattle, and I am a freelance makeup artist. A makeup artist? What are you doing in performance capture? What does a makeup artist do in performance capture? Yeah, I was brought into performance capture to put the dots on the actors' faces. So they wear a head camera, and we put on markers on their face to capture all the muscle facial movements when you do your dialogue. And I think most people wouldn't realize that makeup artists work in this field at all. So that is why I'm really very, very, very excited to have you on this and to talk about what you do and your experience of performance capture from your profession. So first of all, the first question I like to ask is, how would you best describe what performance capture is? Uh, I see performance capture, we call it motion capture. So Mm -hmm. whenever I mention it to my friends, we say Mm -hmm. mocap, is the um, recording of actors' movements. So they wear a specialized suit that has markers on it. They have a helmet with a camera on it, and we put the dots on the face as markers, and then the cameras capture their performance that can then be translated into animated work. Great. And how did you discover performance capture? It seems like a really different angle to come at, and how did you get into it? What was your first gig? It's a very niche market. I knew nothing about it. I don't play video games. I had no concept of this. I have a good friend of mine, Grace Pay. She's a makeup artist, celebrity makeup artist, and she had been mentioning to me that she did mocap. And I was like, what's mocap? And then she starts explaining it. And I think for a long time, I still didn't understand what she was talking about. And then one day they needed help, and she said, would you like to come in and do a day? And so um, they brought me in. The funny thing was the day they brought me in, she couldn't work. So I was being trained by somebody else, and it was overwhelmingly confusing. It was very <laughs> different when I started. To, as to where it is now. So it was like, you know, 127 dots on the face, and there was just a lot more. It was a physical dot that we used to put on. Now we just put on an ink dot. And so it's it's really evolved. And I at first it was overwhelming, but as a makeup artist, they like us there because we are, well, one, we're delicate with people's faces. We are not afraid to go near the eyes or other places. Um, and... Uh, we it's the precision of where to put the dot. So it's a certain spot on the face, and, it, and it's like a TV or film. There's some consistency that you need to have. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, do you remember what that gig was that you did? I mean, we've talked about this a lot with other people, and all of it's NDA, but I wondered if, looking back, you, you worked out what that was. doesn't matter. I don't know. I don't remember the project. I know it was at um, a place called House of Moves, And they had a little different procedure of putting the dots on. They had uh, sensors or things on the face. I don't think they do that anymore now. So it was like it was very involved. And I didn't even, you know, 
physically kind of put the dot on initially. They just trained me to, we had these little, like I said, physical markers. They're almost like those little dot candies that you put on cakes. <laughs> and they were like sticky on the back. And so we would tweet with tweezers. We would, someone would put the dot on the face and then we would take the sticker dot and, and put it on top of the dot. And so, oh, wow. yeah. Like and then. Glue? Yeah, it was kind of sticky, so they just kind of would fall off pretty easily. So back in the day, every single take, you'd have to step in and count the dots, and we would have lines drawn to each dot, so that way, if a dot fell off, you would know, oh, there was supposed to be a dot in this one spot. (laughs) And so the actors could not touch their face. There was just so much restriction around it. Um, And then, you know, you'd go in and they'd lose half their face if they were doing some kind of action thing, and they were very expensive, those little dots. So it was just... That was very overwhelming, and then obviously it's evolved, and it's it's very different now what they do now, and it's a lot simpler. And, um, you know, there's still some restriction maybe as an actor to have the camera mm-hmm. where it's placed, but you can touch your face now. And- yeah, <laughs> that's good. And so what's your favorite thing about working in motion capture? I mean, it must be so different to working in TV and film, which I know you do, um, or glamorous makeup shoots, things like that. You know, talk about the, your career and what you generally do. I know you have a big makeup bag like most people and you come do award stuff and all these different avenues. But performance capture, what do you bring? What, you know, what's your favorite thing? Is it is there something really different that, that makes you want to go back and do this? Or, You know, it's funny because I do mostly, I have done mostly print and red carpet and I'm also an esthetician and I do lash extensions. So I come from sort of the beauty world and this is very different. I had worked on film and TV early on in my career um, the way this is different from a normal film or TV set is that as a, as a makeup artist, we're not involved in any creative process. There's no creativity in what we're doing in motion capture. There's no script. We don't know what's going on. Most of the time, I don't know the job that I'm even working on unless I look at the call sheet and I recognize a character name, you know, like Spider-Man. I'm like, okay, I know I'm working on Spider-Man, you know, yeah. but there's no creativity. What I think I love the best about it is just it's a family environment. I mean— these are the same people. It's the same group of people. You get some new actors in that are maybe from TV and film, and that's a little exciting. And then you also get some people from just the motion capture world who specifically just do games or voiceover. And so you see them time after time, and it's definitely becomes a family. It's really fun to see everybody again um, from game to game and then catch up. And so I like just the the family environment, the fun that we have. It's Everyone's super nice. It's super low-key. Um you know, it's steady work. It's not like a film where you come in and you shoot for a month or so in a, and you're done with the project. This could go on for two years on a project. And you might, as a makeup artist, just do, they call you in for like a day or two or three, you know, and then maybe that's a couple days a month that you're doing on each job. Um, so it's kind of just consistently every month, there's a couple days. So it's kind of nice when you freelance just to know that you're going to have a couple days motion capture a month. You know, because yeah. you can go a, for a long time without work, so it's kind of nice to have this. Yeah, it's be another consistent. avenue. Yeah, and it's pretty small. There's not that many of us, mm-hmm. and because we all do other projects, um, the nice thing about it is you're not committing to a project for a time period. You literally would just get a text, you know, uh, saying, "Hey, are you available these dates?" And then if you're not, you know, you go off and do your other project, and then you're just on the roster of popping in, like day playing, kind of on a yeah. TV show. That sounds yeah. good. Well, that's nice. That's a nice thing to have as a self-employed person. Very Another flexible. avenue of work. Very flexible. That's great. Yeah. And um, can you tell us about an experience that you enjoyed on the motion capture stage? Anything in particular, people that you've worked with or a funny incident that maybe has happened or 
I mean, I love all, I just, what I love is the people that I encounter. And it's just so fun, especially when you get the same people, like I said. So I work with Troy Baker and Nolan a lot mm-hmm. um, on different projects. So if if it's, if they're there on set together, it's kind of a special day. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the people who are fans of theirs know what it's like to be around them. They just are constantly joking all day long. Those so it, guys are it makes, even if it's a heavy scene, it makes for kind of a lighter day to work, you know? Mm-hmm. So those are kind of fun. I love the days I come in and there's crazy stunts going on. Oh, wow. Because yeah. they have rigging, you know, and they'll bring the rigging guys in and they'll do some fun stunts. So um, it's fun to watch how that's done, like Anything the behind the scenes. Anything particular that you've seen that you that really stands out with the um, stunt? I mean, it is really incredible. I mean, it, it's a, it's a, so it's a massive stage, you know, and they've got lights all the way around it. So the rigging guys come in and they'll set up things for flips and people flying through the air and, you know, they have harnesses. And and you do the facial capture for that too? Not for the stunts, guys. So we're okay. only doing facial capture for actors whose faces are actually going to be on mm-hmm. screen or need to be converted, you know, to an animated character. Um, but um, the stunt guys will suit up in the performance suit, you know, mm-hmm. so their body movements are captured. And sometimes it's where the stunt person is doing the stunt and the actor is actually standing off, you know, off aside from them, watching the action and sort of mimicking the action as if they were, that their character was actually in the process of doing the stunt. So we get the facial capture. Oh, so you do the, so they're standing at the side watching that. Yep. (laughs) Animating their face, which you've dotted up to match to the stunt performance. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. So they do a lot of rehearsal practices and um, grunts and, you know, it might be like a movement, you know, like a getting hit by someone and they're flipping through the air, you know, on some action series or something that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fascinating to sort of see how that process is done. Yeah. I've not worked on a film set where there's been action so- stunts, so I don't know Yeah, how that's how they cut that in with the real actor, you know. That's that's interesting. I didn't even know that that's what happened with I've, those. I've also done um, – so I work for Sony a lot, and they have a stage down San Diego. Well, they have – they will um, record everybody down there and get um, like a library of faces and bodies um, that they do a whole recording thing down there. And I – sometimes they just – like they've – we've recorded everybody who works at Sony. Mm-hmm. So they're in this library, their faces. So then they can pull them and use them in a crowd scene you know, and they've signed off their right to their face. Oh, and wow. so they'll use their face then and they'll use it in a crowd scene. I've also worked with some big actors, mm-hmm. uh, film actors, um, who I was like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to see them up on stage in L.A. And I never see them, so I think that they just get their face scanned and then somebody else is doing their body movement and they must do an ADR session yeah. at another time and they just have their face that they can in. So when they do the facial scans, are you ever part of that, or is that just the cameras? In San Diego, yeah. You are part yeah, of the yeah. facial scans. And I've done some ADR as well, so we'll come back in and do it. So in session. like the booth, they'll yeah. do the face, just the facial capture? Just the facial cap. If it's something that they want to re- refilm or um, redo or another scene they want to add in or something that they just didn't get the sound quality right, mm-hmm. um, so they'll bring in uh, Nicola, who is the head of the HMC yeah. cameras, and then he puts the camera on them, and I'll do the dots, and then they yeah. have to do their... Yeah, I did... Uh, the project that we worked together on was uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, the Frozen Wild video game with uh, uh, Guerrilla Games and Sony PlayStation. Um, I did... So we worked together on the performance capture, which I did for one character, and then the other character was facial capture only. 
um, in the booth. In the booth. So that was really quite interesting to... Right, because I worked with you on stage. Yeah, Yeah. you worked with me on the stage. And then I think in the booth it was very minimal. There wasn't much, there wasn't many dots at all, so... It could have evolved. Yeah. So, because I know it's happened before where you'll be in the middle of a game and we'll get different, like we have a map that we are given for Mm -hmm. each client or each job might have a different mapping system. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting a little bit more consistent, I think, between clients with that. I don't know. That's a yeah. nef- that's another world. But the, I, I think that the, works, the ultimate but, yeah. thing is that this is ever-evolving. This is always, always changing. And, and the people that are listening to this, you know, to bear this in mind is that when you become part of this industry, the flexibility and the rigidity of things I mean, you have to be flexible within that. Whatever you're doing, whether you're an actor, makeup artist, director, it's always changing. And what you did on the last setup yes. might not be the same as the next job. Yeah, that's um, what I was – when I tell people, other makeup artists about it, I said, well, you have to be set up for it's not creative. Mm-hmm. You will be – you know, it takes 10 minutes to do a dot on an actor. And then mostly you'll just be sitting on your phone all day, you mm-hmm. know. But you have to be open-minded and flexible because – like you said, from day to day, it may change. You're getting notes at different times. Um, can you change this? Can you change that? So you can't have any ego around mm-hmm. what you're doing. You need to be consistent, you know, especially putting the dots on. They have to be pretty consistent where they go. Um, steady hand. They have to be a certain size. And a cer- they like them round, not like, you know, there's a lot of and little really finessing. As an actor, it. it's really different because I've had people that are not makeup artists do the dots. And it, it is really different. It is really important to have... People that have trained like yourself, that have the care to look after our faces, you yes. know, and um, and to be delicate and gentle, and it's a very different type of person doing that. And I really, th- I think it's great that now they're using professional makeup artists to do this, um, where they weren't doing that before. That's true, and they have to have the personality too, because sometimes there's some people who come in and they just don't click for whatever reason, and you don't see them again. So it's a lot of like being easy to be around. Yeah. And, and just also knowing that it's people, not overly know? creative and being yeah. okay with that and knowing that it's just another avenue for work. Exactly. But there's a lot of work and it's a fun place to be and you yeah. can learn. And and the people are great. Yeah. yeah. So um, great. Well, we kind of touched upon the advice you would give to other people listening um, that want to get into a similar field of makeup um, in performance capture. Is there any other advice that you would give, you know, if there's a makeup artist listening to this? I know there's probably not many podcasts out there that interview (laughs) makeup artists for performance capture. So, you know, maybe they're on the edge of their seat thinking, wow, okay, then how do I get started? You talked about it being quite a small network and things like that. If they, I mean, do we need to go to, I guess, go to makeup school and then get in or experience on the job or... How, what would you say? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely think as somebody who's been working as a makeup artist because I, we do bring, we don't, it's nice we don't bring our full kit in. Uh, we're not doing hair and makeup or anything like that. So I just bring a set bag. So I think in, in order to be, as a makeup artist, you know what you need in your set bag that someone might need for the day, um, hair ties or, you know, lip balm or, you know, little things like that. Um, I do have some hair things that I carry which, you know, that's come up that we've needed. So you do need to bring your set bag with you. And I've developed a sort of motion capture kit over the years of just my own things that I bring that I've realized I kind of need. If they didn't supply it, then I would need and want to have it with me. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think somebody could, if they're already a makeup artist and they're like, that's an interesting thing, I'd like to be involved in that, reach out to me or, 
you know, anybody really and make a connection mm-hmm. um, because there are times that we are looking for new people. And um, you either sort of pick it up on the first time or two or you don't. You kind of know yourself when you come in for the first day or so if this is something that you're going to pick up. I always tell people to stay out of your head about it, though. Because yeah. it's easy when you're looking at the dots to kind of overthink it mm-hmm. um, and try to be perfect and just know that Well, it seems very, like, mathematical yeah, rather than creative. It's never perfect. It's never perfect. <laughs> I had a good friend of mine who came in, she's an amazing makeup artist. She kept fussing and fussing and fussing. She texted me all these concerns. And I said, you're overthinking it. Like, the the... The cola will tell you if the dot needs to be moved, and that's totally fine. There's no perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, there are days I come in and I'll be like, oh, those look horrible. You know, like those dots are just not per- – and I might fuss with it because I know where it goes. Or Nicola might be like, can you move this one up or down or in mm-hmm. or out? You know, we work as a team. Yeah. So there's no um, – And again, that kind of non-perfection yes. fits very well with performance capture because it's evolving. It's evolving. And it's in its infancy. Yeah. Um. Just going on to hair and makeup, I think there's probably some actors listening that follow me or follow you and um, and were probably like, well, do I need my hair up for this? If I'm a man, do I have to shave for this? What's your advice for that? I think, um, so it used to be that men had to shave mm-hmm. and it was a no, you know, that was it. You had to shave all facial hair because they wouldn't, the dots wouldn't, the markers wouldn't stick. I've seen some leniency. I think the stage usually gives the actors notes on how to arrive. We always say clean skin, um, but I don't personally don't mind if an actress wants to wear a little tinted moisturizer, you know. Um, but definitely no makeup probably for actresses because you no take it off. Because, you, yeah, you'll... For actors that want yeah, to wear makeup, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, a little foundation doesn't bother me because it's almost the dots will stay on because we use a special ink mm-hmm. um, that's a motion capture alcohol activated ink. Mm-hmm. So it can be a little tricky to get it off. As you know, at the end of the day, we give you a hot towel and some oil. Which is really nice, by the way. <laughs> Not everybody does it's that. Lovely. Mara does that, and it's so nice. <laughs> well, we used to do the whole facial massage. And then, oh, wow, I never and then got some, that. I know. Well, some artists didn't do it, so then we were like, we need to have a standard somehow where some people aren't getting special different treatment and other people aren't, you know. But um, that So if you're wearing makeup, it will come off at the end of the day because you'll be getting a hot towel, and you'll have to use the hot towel and oil to get the dots mm-hmm. off, you know. So I wouldn't be too precious with what your makeup looks like or anything, but— well, you're going to have dots all over your face and be in a exactly. light pursuit. So yeah. anybody that wants to get something. into this does not need no. to be worried about. I, I've been appearance. told um, that some um, actresses have been told to not get any um, fillers or Botox. Oh, wow. Maybe not fillers so much as Botox because it limits your range of facial movement. Wow. So that was in the early days. I know some actresses had said, yes, they were told that. And it then, makes sense to... Yeah, you need to be able to move your eyebrows yeah. and we need to see that expression. But I do know that there have been people who've, I could yeah. tell, have had a little... <laughs> <laughs> had a little work. So yeah. tell me, I mean, you talked about it a little bit. What is in your kit? What is in your makeup kit for mocap? Oh, well, I ended up... Um, so it's hard to explain it. We use these little nail art pens. They're like a plastic okay. pen with a metal tip on it, and they have a little round ball at the end. Well, some of the stages would supply that, but then sometimes you'd go and they wouldn't be the right size that you wanted. Or So I just bought them on Amazon. I bought my own little set. You know, they come like mm-hmm. a five in a set, and they have different sizes. So I always carried those with me, and then I would start to carry um, Skin Illustrator makes a black and white um, makeup that's alcohol activated. Um, so I would carry that just in case I went somewhere and they didn't have the motion capture ink that we usually use. I could have something that I could use mm-hmm. that would stay on the skin, like a tattoo cover-up kind of product. 
Um, I also carry facial oils at the end of the day to take off the the makeup. We bring that in, but they don't supply that. Um, I have Q-tips, different sizes of Q-tips. Um, and that's to adjust the dots. Yeah, I find the really tiny, skinny little Q-tips I can go in, and if I've already got a dot on the face, I can kind of clean up the dot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes the makeup will kind of crack at the end of the day, especially around the mouth where people are using a lot of expression. So I can also take the Q-tip and kind of slightly you know, scrub off any extra. And tip you know? for actors, uh, Mara's great with this and a lot of the other makeup artists, they'll give you a straw. Please. Please use a straw <laughs> so you don't mess up the mouth makeup. Yeah, I'm not I'm not as precious, but, you know, um, the more you... And some people's dots do not move, David mm-hmm. Palladino. Um, then some, <laughs> like, on all day, do, doesn't need a touch-up. Wow. Uh, and then some people... Ex- have more lines or more expression in their face. And so uh, the way that their lips move, their eyes move, their eyebrows move, they just, the thoughts will just sort of wear down a little faster. So we might be touching up a little bit more than, you know, other people. And what about sweat? Like, because we're also moving and things like that. Do you use powder on top of the dots? Or? I use blot powder when I start the day because, yeah, the with the notes we've been given is that the animators don't want a lot of shine on the face. Mm-hmm. Um, because that from the camera because the light comes on? or uh, Yeah, the way the camera's angled, it's sort of like, uh, low and it's hitting the high points of the face. So you, I think I have not been in the animation room when they're working on this. It would be interesting to see from their perspective what they're seeing. But I think it's distracting to have like the the nose might be really shiny mm-hmm. and pops out and it's distracting. If someone's really profusely sweating, we will then blot their skin so it's not as, uh, mm-hmm. an, I guess, annoying or distracting to the animators. And it is funny because I did work on a Call of Duty um, where they were doing a lot of stunts and they were sweating a lot and there was a big actor and I, was, we kept going in to touch up and he was getting really um, like irritated because it was getting involved, you know, it was like in- interrupting yeah. his performance and on a film, and he was like, don't don't worry about it. And on a film set, I'd be like, yeah, that would be great. You look sweaty, you're doing your job. But I had to explain to him like, you know, in terms of the animators, it's distracting for them to see the sweat. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have to step in. And he totally understood at that point once I explained I it to that's, him. I think that's the great thing. And again, with these podcast episodes, it, it unveils this stuff. And we hear from all different types of people working in the industry behind the scenes, as it were, even yeah. though everybody's basically in the scene because yeah, right. we're in the, on the mock-up stage. But um, it really helps, particularly as actors, to understand this. Um, Well, I am thrilled to have chatted to you today. This has been really, really exciting. And we've had actors, directors, we've had casting directors, but to have a makeup artist sit and talk about this, I think is really unique. And I'm really glad that you said that you would be part of this. Um, If anybody wants to follow you on Instagram or social media, how do do they get hold of you? Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Mara Lavar Beauty. So M-A-R-A-L-E-V-A-R-R-E, Beauty. And then on Facebook, it's Mara Lavar Beauty as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on. I uh, just want to show you, we have been given from our sponsor of Icon some cool oh, swag. That's cool. So I'm going to give you these nice sunglasses wow. to have um, from Icon. Say thank you. We've got t shirts and pens to give away. So this when is your cool. episode airs, you can help us choose a winner. Oh, this is from Vicon. That's cool. This. Yeah, this is sponsored by Vicon. That's fantastic. So we've got a little pen. Uh, we can give you this today. Oh, that's so fantastic. Yeah, this is in. super fun and very cool to come and be a part of this whole thing. Well, we're really lucky to have you. So thank you very much. Uh, that was Mara Lavar on the Performance Capture Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. This recording was done by Formosa Interactive, a full-service post-production sound company. 
Among its many divisions, Formosa Group as a whole offers independent and AAA content creators end-to-end services, including voiceover, sound supervision, sound design, editorial, mixing and music for gaming, film, broadcast and other platforms. Visit www.formosagroup.com for more information.